1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I'm your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and along with Andrea Adams-Miller, the founder of the Red Carpet Connection, we are the co-hosts of Leverage Masters each and every week. How are you, Andrea?
0: I am doing really fabulous. I just came from a whole bunch of awesomeness in St. Louis. I spoke at the Habitude Warrior Conference And then I uh, spoke at a private mastermind there as well. And we made some really cool things happen and move. So it's been a great week already.
1: That's awesome. And where in the world are you today? I'm actually at home in my office
0: (laughs) in (laughs) Northwest Ohio. For people who don't know where that is, (laughs) Finley, Ohio, south of Toledo, (laughs) Uh, Northwest Ohio.
1: I haven't been there in so long. And <laughs> we have a fantastic guest to share with everybody today.
0: We do. His name is Poon Shree Abawakrama, and uh, he is the CEO and founder of Cloud of Goods. Now, this is a San Francisco-based e-commerce company, and what they have done is they have envisioned this amazing platform of the world's largest equipment rental platform. He's been recognized as an authority in the growing or in the, in the growing of, you know, sharing economy. I mean, this is economy is huge of this trend of being on e-commerce is what I'm trying to say. And he's been a force behind the sharing economy since its inception. Now he's a business owner of the, one of the fastest growing e-commerce businesses. And he's been interviewed by dozens of technology, business, and mainstream media outlets about all the things that he's accomplished. And he's won many prestigious technology and innovation awards, including the PayPal Developer Challenge Innovation Award. So cool accolades that we're going to hear about. And Poon is also a serial entrepreneur who, prior to Cloud of Goods, he held positions in software, in operations, and in management with um, companies such as LinkedIn, PayPal, Sephora, Oracle, Zynga, you know, some that you might have heard of.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, wow. I can't welcome wait to, to, to show, learn Tree. more about how
1: Puntree got his start in helping to build the sharing economy.
0: Welcome, <laughs> So, Yeah, yeah welcome. Nice to, uh, you th- know, th- thanks for having that. me. Nice. Yeah. Just go ahead and tell us, because like I'm, even though I've met you and heard the story, it's just so exciting to me. Just just jump in.
2: (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) It's been a it's been a journey, Um, but uh, I guess um, you know I will uh, do a little bit about my background if 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 that is okay. Yes, please. Um. So, uh, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I'm originally from uh, Sri Lanka. uh, And uh, even when I was going to high school, I always wanted to build something, do something big that helps the environment that we live in and also uh, the humanity. That was kind of my parameters when I want to do something to change the world. So I've been looking for those ideas, and uh, then, you know, my mom and my dad, both of them knew that I am up to something something big, and uh, they said, you know, you've got to go to America. You've got to go do your, you know, higher education there. So I ended up coming here and uh, going to college here, and after I graduated, uh, you know, I decided that Silicon Valley is the place uh, for me to... Uh, Uh, you know uh, get my uh, entrepreneurship start so uh, just to backtrack a little bit you know during uh, when I was in Sri Lanka you know growing up through a war there was a civil war over there and growing up through all kinds of difficulties and hardships you kind of start you kind of appreciate every day that you live. And uh, every day you want to try to make a difference. So that kind of gave me uh, the, I guess the energy and the will to to succeed and will to prove that I can actually do something great in the world and make a difference. So with, you know, against all odds, I got lucky to come over here and uh, you know, my family didn't have a whole lot of money to send me to college in America, but with some luck, I managed to land a scholarship and went to college, uh, University of Wisconsin-Superior uh, where I uh, studied math and computer science. And uh, having been graduated in uh, uh, 1999, I uh, got my first job in Chicago uh, at a company called Install Shield, the, the big installation software company, and uh, learned a whole lot there. And from there, I decided I need to continue my path towards the Silicon Valley so uh, in 2001 i decided that it's time and uh, oracle uh, the big database software company hired me in the silicon valley that was my uh, my entrance into the silicon valley journey then from that point onwards you know everything i did in my career i was at oracle for 5 years and then i landed a job at paypal which is an amazing company and i you know i uh, uh, learned a lot there and i had a uh, I made a lot of friends and a lot of great experiences there, and uh, throughout my journey in the Silicon Valley, my goal was to learn how these amazing companies get p- built, and why is it Silicon Valley? What is the magic in the Silicon Valley that builds, you know, uh, you know eBay's to PayPal's to Facebook's to LinkedIn's to, you know, pretty much a lot of. Uh, big brand names of social web and e-commerce web are built in Silicon Valley. So I wanted to kind of learn the trade and before I uh, get my hands wet on trying my own startup. So uh, I was at PayPal for a couple of years. And during those times, I won a couple of technology awards for my performance there. And then uh, that experience landed me at a job at LinkedIn when LinkedIn was just a startup. I was one of the first couple of hundred uh, employees at LinkedIn, uh, and that was my uh, starting point in my entrepreneurship journey. So, uh, you know, having to join LinkedIn when it was this very fast-growing startup company, but very small in terms of the workforce, uh, you know, having to wear many hats, uh, navigate through all kinds of turbulence. And, uh, you know, finding my way, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things you try every day keep failing and you still keep, you know, looking at your vision and keep moving, marching, march forward. That was a huge learning experience. You know, I, uh, you know, I learned, I guess I can't thank LinkedIn enough for all the learnings that I got from there on how to build a startup company uh having gone through that journey then i in 2009 i felt like you know i am kind of ready to uh start my uh, my own company so i was looking for ideas and uh, you know i was looking around uh, for what kind of idea can i uh, can i start uh, start with so around the same time i ended up buying a house in san mateo california near the san francisco bay And uh, my hobby is, one of my hobbies uh, is gardening. And one day I decided I I need to redo my whole backyard. And this is how this whole journey started towards Cloud of Goods. So, um, you know, um, I didn't own a wheelbarrow to do the backyard project. So I was like, you know, I don't want to buy a wheelbarrow because um, it's such a waste. This is just one time project and I am having to buy a wheelbarrow, store it, and it's just going to rot because I'm not going to be using it much after that project. I felt pretty bad buying it. So I started thinking if there are a way I can borrow uh, somebody's wheelbarrow. So uh, being new to the neighborhood, I kind of felt bad. I call it at the time, I call it the feel bad factor. It's, it's a common trait across our society. We, we feel bad asking for things for free. Right. So, I looked up online to see whether there's a platform like eBay or Amazon where I can go online and make a reservation and borrow a wheelbarrow from someone. And to my surprise, I couldn't find any. And I'm like, how can the world not have this kind of platform? You know, in the the age of eBay and Amazons, why not? There is a platform where I can borrow. So I started thinking about it, and then I started talking to my colleagues at LinkedIn Hey, I came across this problem, and I think this is a common problem across the society, where I didn't want to buy something, buy a wheelbarrow, but I was forced to buy it because I couldn't find a way uh, to borrow it for temporary use. So, uh, then the moment I talk to people, everybody is like, "Oh my God, Punsri, yeah, this is a this is a problem." Uh, You know, we often end up buying things uh, without you know, needing it to keep keep it with us. If there was an alternative where we can just rent it for a few days, we would totally do it. And uh, my friends at LinkedIn said, Puntri, what are you doing here? You need to give this a try. You need to build a platform. We would totally be your early adapters. We will totally use this platform. So uh, so then I decided, okay, I'm onto something here. And uh, also it fits within my parameters for a startup a company that changes the world because I wanted to build something that helps humanity. So this would help humanity. This will help people uh, save money because they don't have to now go out and buy it. And also it helps people save time and resources. And it will, you know, once this becomes a major concept, it will help the environment because now suddenly instead of everybody having to buy things, you can borrow and it will help in terms of reducing consumption. So it's a win-win for everyone. So knowing, having found this opportunity, then I decided to quit LinkedIn and build my first startup company called Rental in Community. It was a community-based, peer-to-peer rental marketplace. So um, in 2010, I launched that marketplace, and uh, immediately it took traction in San Francisco. Um, You know, it was the glory days, I say, uh, you know, I started winning awards right and left. We won the PayPal's uh, Global Innovation Award. it, It was called PayPal Developer Challenge for our design of a unique payment flow through a mobile phone. And at the time, mobile payments were not available. Believe it or not, this was just less than 10 years ago. Uh, you know, there were no mobile payments in the world, so we had to design our own solution to enable people to transact in a remote location without having to be in front of a computer. And that solution won us uh, the, the the first place in the global innovation uh, competition in, uh, with PayPal. And that uh, took the concept global. I guess uh, that helped us to kind of push the sharing economy forward. So. Uh, You know, I had interviews all over the place, like big five newspapers wrote about the concept. Even Time magazine wrote about uh, this concept called sharing economy and how this rental in community concept is, you know, uh, uh, is becoming a big deal. That was kind of the, the beginnings of the sharing economy. At the time, Airbnb was very small. Uber was almost unheard of. And uh, uh, you know, rental in community was uh, just starting to happen, and you know, sharing economy was just starting to happen. Um, so, 2010, 2011. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you have a question?
0: I'm just listening to you. I, I you're you're so adorable, and I love your story. You can tell how excited you are to share it. So just keep on going. It's fine.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long journey, and it's been an amazing journey. So, um, you know, in uh, 2011, I was – so being a first-time entrepreneur in one of the worst economic downturns in the country because at the time nobody was investing, um, you know, uh, and even when people were investing, they were very uh, risk-averse. So um, being a first-time entrepreneur, I couldn't really raise a whole lot of venture capital. My previous boss at Zynga uh, invested, he was our first angel investor, Steve Schottler. He invested, uh, you know, $50,000 in my company. And then I won this big $100,000 PayPal award, which was uh, helpful to take the company forward. And also I withdrew my 401k. I withdrew all my lifetime savings, put everything I got into the business. Because things were, you know, growing growing and uh, people wanted the service you know we had people coming from all over the country and uh, one of the moments i remember because i used to get fan mail at the time because this was such a new concept and people who uh, come across our you know articles to media mentions they would email us and say hey this is a great great concept this helps us thank you very much and this lady this elderly lady from wisconsin i still remember and this is the time i promised myself i am uh, you know going to make this happen someday uh somehow uh, this elderly lady sent an email very sweet email saying thank you so much uh no you know the economy is so bad we are struggling financially and you have found us a way to monetize the things that we have accumulated over time Now you give us a platform to make some income. And that was really, you know, uh, uh, a moment that I realized the power of this platform. So uh, then we continued the journey. I went pretty much all in with everything I got because we couldn't raise venture capital. I had to put my personal money every single cent. But end of 2011, we fell short. Uh, My personal money and the little, little amount of investment we got wasn't really enough to, uh, keep the lights on. So end of 2011, I was like down on the ground, uh, down to nothing. Uh, the, for the first time in my life, after a long time, I didn't own a key to anything. I had to sell, I had three cars. I had to sell all the cars. Uh, I had to sell the nice house that I had in San Francisco, uh, because I couldn't afford to pay the mortgage anymore. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt it was, it was rough. So. Uh, with that learning, I decided to go back to Sri Lanka for a couple of years, and uh, you know, uh, spend a couple of years there. It was a good time uh, to do a fresh start. So uh, when I when I went to Sri Lanka, I started looking at uh, all the data, you know, where uh, I've been, what my path has been the the previous couple of years. Uh, the company, uh, where things went wrong, what I can learn from it. And as I dig into data, it became very, 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 very clear that the opportunity is there. The people wanted the platform, uh, like uh, to rent things, to share things that they own with other people and make money out of it, monetize the underutilized assets. We had several thousand searches every single day on the platform at the time searching, people searching for all kinds of stuff, anything from power tools to wheelchairs to, uh, you know, bariatric chambers to, you know, medical equipment to toys to all kinds of stuff. So that was a huge eye-opener that, you know, the, the startup failed not because there was no demand. The startup failed because I couldn't raise enough capital to keep it going. And also I learned that you know, having gone national with all these mainstream media, a uh, lot of people got driven into an empty shop because in San Francisco I had the inventory, people were transacting, and people were using the platform. But everywhere else, there was that typical marketplace disconnect where, uh, you know, demand and supply didn't really meet. So that was a learning that next time if I ever try something like this, I need to make sure the demand and supply meet each other. So uh, with those two learnings, I decided that, it's it I am not going to give up because it helped hundreds of people during the time we were live in San Francisco. And uh, I decided that this has still an amazing opportunity to help people, help the environment, and also, uh, you know, uh, build a massive uh, technology platform, e-commerce platform, and, and innovative new e-commerce platform uh, in the future. So since 2012, 2012, Everything I did was, uh, you know, kind of converging towards this moment where I am today. So I decided I need to plan this because I wasn't going to go bankrupt again, uh, doing the same thing twice. So 2012, I decided, okay, I need to have a cheap low cost technology team somewhere outside for me to execute. Uh, This idea, again, for a lower cost than the Silicon Valley technology cost, because Silicon Valley technology cost is very, very high. And for an entrepreneur who doesn't have investor capital, uh, it is very, uh, very hard to build a startup company uh, using the Silicon Valley technology technology, uh, talent. So in Sri Lanka, I decided to build my second startup, which is called Incubate Labs, to solve a problem for me and other entrepreneurs. So what I did was I handpicked a whole bunch of smart engineers and trained them on how to become a Silicon Valley engineer. Same quality. You know, it, there's a difference between uh, Silicon Valley engineers and, uh, every, uh, you know, uh, everybody else. In terms of, you know, not giving up, that is the main quality because you keep failing and failing, failing, but you have to keep going. You have to get up. When you fall, you have to get up and keep going in your journey until you become successful. So. The engineers I hired in Sri Lanka, I coached them how to k- keep their mental sanity when things keep changing, when keep things fa- uh, you know th- things keep failing, and uh, I finally found the right people to uh, to uh, uh, get this team together and with that i connected them to some of the entrepreneurs in the silicon valley and everybody was like punshree you know we tried outsourcing and it, it it's it's so hard you know people don't understand the entrepreneur mindset i said trust me you don't have to pay anything trust me i got a team who can execute like a silicon valley team and build your product so with that i got several projects and uh, Uh, we did some good work and within a year that venture Incubate Labs became a profitable venture and that started giving me cash flow that I needed to save money, enough cash for my next venture. So having a profitable startup in Sri Lanka and uh, being able to save some cash that kind of got me back on on track in terms of heading towards where I am with Cloud of Goods. So uh, Before I start uh, the Cloud of Goods journey, do you guys have any questions?
0: Yeah, we do. We're, first of all, I, I just love your energy and your enthusiasm. When I had the pleasure of meeting you, um, I mean, I just I just fell in love with your energy. I, I just have adored you. And um, yeah, by the way, those of you who are listening, we have a friend named uh, Megan Haggerty who um, is an investment business. She helps with uh, multi-unit complexes, and uh, she's a partner in them and um, puts up like um, elder living and so forth like that. and and it creates uh, communities for people. And she knew Poontree and introduced me to him, and we all met together where we were going to hang out with Lewis Howes. So uh, that was super fun to have them in Ohio, and uh, we all went down together and met uh, Lewis Howes uh, for an evening, and so that was super fun. And that's where I got to know Poontree and find out what he's doing with his Uh, recent venture, which he'll be sharing shortly, Um, but I know that Gina uh, and I both have some questions, so let's take a little minute to uh, do some back and forth, and then we'll um, jump into Cloud of Goods. So, you know, when you had to, you know, go through that where, you know, um, I, I'm obviously the business failed, and I hate the word failed because people attach failure to that. And to me, it's never a failure. It just it, it that it didn't work out in that moment, but to me, it's not a failure. I mean, it was actually very successful except for the one thing you mentioned. But how did you emotionally deal with that frustration? Right.
2: So uh, you know, the way I see failure, it's it's uh, two sides of the same coin. You know, if you don't fail, you don't know what success means. Right. So, uh, you know, having grown up through a very Buddhist culture and a Buddhist background, you know, we one of the things that I guess it's a gift that uh, we were taught from when we were small to not get too emotionally attached with anything in life. So that really helped, you know, that helps to kind of look at things objectively rather than emotionally. And, uh, you know, understand why certain things are happening in certain ways. And uh, uh, that really helped. So in terms of the failure, you know, end of 2011, I was down to nothing. The house is gone. The three cars I had were gone. You know, I lost a lot more things. And pretty much everything I loved, everything that that I was, was pretty much gone except for me right mm. so i decided right. that you know everything starts with me and i am a strong uh, you know minded person and i have done a lot of good things i made a will actually my mom helped, through, helped me through this as well uh, he said she said you know i know my son you're strong you can come out of this and you will and you will be successful and you will not give up and uh, i still remember the analogy she uh, told me she said you know look at a look at a spider and every time when they uh, build the web the wind comes and take the web out or a fly or something the web, the web breaks but the spider doesn't give up until the web is complete she said you know there's something to be learned from that that you know we should not be giving up failure is is the stepping stone to success so um having being down completely i mean it, it hurts trust me it hurts it really hurts right but it really uh, helps you kind of understand who you are and become a more stronger better human being and also it helps you kind of understand who are the true friends uh, around you who people who really care about you uh, you know that was a huge eye-opening, you know, there were so many people when I fell on the ground, there were so many helping hands, I mean, I was so emotional at the time, you know, seeing how many people came to help, people were offering places to stay and money and people were encouraging and, you know, people are really nice, people, uh, you know... That is why it's important, I think, when you're doing something very uh, hard, it's very important to have a good network, good caring set of genuine people around you because when you fall, you never know when you fall, right? When you fall, sometimes you need that helping hand to to get up again. So that was really helpful, you know, all the support I got from the community, from my friends, family, everybody around me, and uh, that helped me get up fast. And also looking at things objectively understanding uh, why things happen and understanding that it is just a small setback in, uh, in this journey of life. Uh, You know, that's how I looked at things and uh, that helped me kind of uh, regroup myself and come out of it.
0: Wonderful. Well, I, I love that your mom and dad gave you that advice and, and, you know, and really helped you see that you had so much opportunity. And I, and I love that your spiritual beliefs, you know, really set you up for that as well. Um, Gina, you had some questions as well, please go. I'm going to let him finish his story first. Okay. Well we can. So, uh, cloud of goods, by the way, Gina, I'm, just so you know, um, for you, Poon Tree, some of our audience listeners know and some new listeners may not know, Gina went through some uh, physical tribulations in her world, so um, I'll uh, – created opportunities for her to need things that would help her life be better as she was healing and while she's still healing. And so when you hear the rest of what Poonshree has to offer, I have a feeling you're going to be quite delighted. So Poonshree, on on with the, the round uh, two of Cloud of Goods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, sounds good. So uh, then I, where I ended was I built my second startup, which is called Incubate Labs in, in Sri Lanka. To help other entrepreneurs to build their tech solutions for a cheaper cost than the Silicon Valley cost, but get the get get similar quality like the Silicon Valley tech quality. So that venture became profitable, and I started saving some cash. And uh, you know, everything I made sure every single cent that I make that I can save is saved because I always I I I knew uh, this is going to be a very long journey to redo this, and it's going to be a, a turbulent journey to build a startup. So uh, everything I could save, I started saving from 2012 onwards, all the money that I could save. And then 2014, I felt like it's the time. It's The time is right for me to come back to San Francisco and start exploring uh, whether there is still an opportunity for uh, a rental marketplace. So... I came across many ideas. I'm an ideas guy. My, my brain doesn't stop. I keep thinking about how to make the world a better place through all kinds of technology ideas. And, uh, but I, I have this Google sheet with all the ideas that I, uh, I put down. And every time I look at these ideas that I have, it brought me back to the original idea, which is to build a global sharing platform. And since it keeps coming back and back, I decided, okay, I am going to build this e-commerce rental platform again. I want to go, go give it another try. So I came to San Francisco, and immediately I got a consulting job at Sephora. Uh, I think all of you guys know what Sephora is, and uh, I was working at the Sephora head office as an enterprise architect, helping them scale their you know one billion dollar you know website e-commerce business. And while I am there, I was working there. During my free time, my nights and weekends, what I did was I posted on Craigslist that, hey, come and talk to me about my business idea uh, at this coffee shop. I will give you $50 and a cup of coffee. And sometimes I would offer pizza, sometimes I would offer coffee. And uh, I met with a lot of inter- interesting uh, you know, individuals from all kinds of backgrounds in San Francisco during my ev- evenings and weekends. And uh, during those sessions, you know, I would talk to people about my previous startup experience that failed. I would talk to people about, you know, why, uh, you know, what kind of stuff people could be borrowing from other people or, you know, all kinds of things to just to see what kind of reaction I would get from people. And uh, sometimes even now, some of the investors, when I tell the story to investors, they say that is the... Uh, the best product discovery story that they've heard from an entrepreneur. So this time around, I took my time because one thing I wanted to make sure was I create a proper roadmap in terms of execution because startups, if you look at a lot of startups, they fail not because it wasn't a great idea, but because either the entrepreneur gave up too soon uh, and they had no idea how close they were to success or the execution wasn't right in terms of the roadmap. So I wanted to make sure through all the past failure experience, I put all that experience together, and I wanted to learn as much as I can from people. Where is my starting point? You know, uh, if you look at Amazon, they started with books. It was an online bookstore initially. If you look at eBay, uh, initial days of eBay, they were mostly, you know, selling collectibles. So uh, if you look at Airbnb, they started with only with rooms. Now they have experiences and everything else. If you look at Uber, they started with rides, and now they have, they have other things like ride-sharing and so many other things. So all of these successful companies, what I saw a pattern where they started with a very focused niche, and once they built the brand, they grew out. So during these Craigslist sessions, like meeting people, random individuals at coffee shops and pizza places, My goal was to first validate that there is still an interest from people to have a sharing platform where they can borrow equipment when they need or they can monetize the underutilized resources to identify whether there's a starting point for me. You know, during my first time, I was a general platform, everything to everyone. And, you know, it kind of ended up becoming uh, very hard to market. So I needed to figure out my starting point. So as I talked to all these people, it kept coming up, travel. Travel kept coming up over and over and over again. So uh, people said, you know, when we travel, it's so hard to lug the things that we want, especially like traveling parents. Said, you know, baby stroller to car seat. It's a pain to lug it because, and, and when you check it in, sometimes you have to check it in. And when you check it in, sometimes the airline damages it. And we found out that a big percentage, I think, uh, over 5% of those things uh, uh, get get damaged or lost uh, uh, during the flight, and uh, parents are struggling. And also we found out like other people, like youngsters you who want to go adventure travel, like if you need to find a kayak or golf clubs or other things, uh, we found elderly who uh, couldn't uh, lug the mobility scooter to their destination because there's a lithium-ion battery or whatnot and the airline wouldn't let you take it in. So there was this all kinds of problems that we identified in the travel ecosystem that we decided that it is a big enough pain point for us to solve for these people, especially the people uh, who are unable, uh, struggling in life like, you know, the elderly and handicapped who needed that mobility scooter at their destination and, and who did not have a way to lug it in the airline. And, uh, you know, traveling parents who are, you know, carrying children and carry, uh, having to carry all these strollers and car seats and all kinds of gear because they don't know whether they where to find them and they didn't know. Uh, they wanted a sense of security because these are their babies and they don't want to re- rent these things from... Uh, random places, so they wanted some sense of security that they are, they can get this gear from uh, a good place where there's uh, a sense of security about cleanliness and quality. So, having uh, you know identified these things, I went back to my whiteboard. I have, a, I always have a whiteboard, by the way, in my living room. That's my thing because I'm an ideas guy and I keep whiteboarding the different ideas. So I went back to my whiteboard and started whiteboarding what is the next iteration of this e-commerce rental idea and uh, i uh, you know talk to my inner circle my trust network to get help because you know having an idea is one thing executing on it is a whole different ball game it is very intense especially for a startup you need to have that support network from your trusted you know uh, uh, you know network to get the idea off the ground so i approach my inner circle support network, and I said, you know, I have this idea. I have this great idea. I think this is a uh, redo of my previously failed startup, but I think this time we have better focus. We have a better starting point, and with a good execution, I think we can make this a global phenomenon. And uh, through that, I had a few friends said, Punsri, we are in. We are in for the journey. We want to learn about how to build a startup. You have a lot of startup experience. And, if, you know, uh, we want to be in the journey with you. So, And then I had several other friends saying, you know, you have all these things, great things going for you, and you throw it away to go do startups. What is wrong with you? And I had so many friends said, you know, you're crazy. You gave up a great opportunity at LinkedIn to go build uh, this rental startup that you failed and nothing came out of it. And, uh, you know, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Now you have a great thing going at Sephora. You are doing great things there. You're, you're working with this amazing company. And now you're going to give that up to go without a paycheck to redo the failed startup. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep doing this to yourself? So I, I even started, you know, questioning myself, and uh, I gave some time to myself to think about it, and then I thought, would I someday regret not giving this a fair chance? And every time when I think about it, I, my answer was yes, I will someday regret it because the world needs this platform. world needs a platform where people can borrow things, borrow the temporary use items. So every time when I think about it, would I regret not giving it a fair chance? I'm like, yeah, first time around, I did not give it a fair chance and I need to give it a fair chance, even if that means I'm going to fail again. So uh, that gave me the strength to, you know, give up my high paid job at Sephora to go without a paycheck and jump in again to build another startup. So people call me all kinds of things. People, There were a lot of people who encouraged me. There were a lot of people who discouraged me. And uh, some people even said, I'm crazy to keep doing this to myself. But uh, I decided it doesn't really matter. I need to do what I believe in. And what I believe in is that there is a big opportunity for me to help the environment and the humanity through this platform. So I decided, okay, this is it. I'm going in uh, and uh, I'm going to make it work. I promised myself this time around, I am going to make it work no matter what. So then I started assembling the team in early 2016 through my inner circle. Several friends came on board to help out. We started putting the business plan together and uh, started doing more research, uh, talking to people, and uh, also started building the website, leveraging the the tech team I had in Sri Lanka. So... Uh, in uh, April 2016, we had a first iteration of our website. It was a bare basic site. We didn't have a database behind it. It was like a just non-functional site with some product product images on it. And April 29, 2016, in the evening, we launched this site and we had no idea what to expect. And 9 p.m., we get an email saying a stroller has been requested by somebody in Hotel G in San Francisco. And we were like, this was like less than two hours after we launched the website. So there was this lady who Googled stroller rental and found cloud of goods and sent us an email through our website, this dummy website that we created, uh, wanting to rent a baby stroller from cloud of goods. So, at the time, we did not own any strollers, or for that matter, any inventory. I was living, uh, like you know, building the company out of my living room in San Francisco, and we didn't have anything. We just had a website with just one-page website. So uh, we discussed amongst the team members, and we like, no, we got to fulfill this order. We got to learn from it, and even though we are not ready, we got to go buy a stroller and deliver it to this lady. So we ran to Target. In San Francisco downtown, (laughs) bought a stroller and assembled the stroller need assembly. And we assembled the stroller (laughs) on the sidewalk outside San Francisco Target Store and delivered it to Hotel G in San Francisco within two hours of that order. And when we met the lady, she was like super impressed. She was like, oh my God, I've never seen a service like this anywhere in the world. This is so great that I can get a stroller delivered within two hours. She was super yeah. excited and the hotel employees were looking at us and uh they were like, huh, if you guys are a big company, how come we never heard of you? So, uh, nobody had any idea this was our very first rental. right? Everybody was super excited about the company. And that was I guess, the first testament that, you know, we are on to something big. So uh, from that moment onwards, you know, we started delivering and cleaning up all the Target stores, buying all the wheels, uh, you know, all the strollers and car seats that they had. We cleaned up Craigslist, kept buying, you know, all kinds of stuff to rent. And the site started uh, getting noticed in San Francisco. I, at the time, you know, I was the only delivery driver. We didn't have any drivers to deliver things, I was the delivery driver, and uh, I would just pack up things in my car and uh, go to all the hotels in San Francisco and deliver. Now, for any entrepreneurs who are listening, this was one of the best things I did in the beginning, the early days of Cloud of Goods, because uh, I designed the site as a software engineer, but I didn't see the operational impact, the operational side of uh, my company being the delivery driver gave me the insights and also gave me the face time with hotels and the concierges in san francisco who really appreciated the service that we provided and started working with me giving me ideas giving me ideas about what are the products that we can introduce to the platform and you know the more people you talk to as an entrepreneur the more ideas you get and the universe the the, the communities around you Especially if you are adding value to them, they will add value to you in terms of giving ideas to giving support, if nothing at all, giving positive energy because every time when I get get to a hotel, I still do deliveries by the way, once in a while, and that's one of my favorite things because when I go to a hotel delivering a wheelchair or a stroller, people treat me like a you know rock star, I get high fives, you know people give me hugs, say, thank for the service and it, it's a great thing, right. That's when, you know, you're onto something that is adding value to people. So, uh, you know, doing deliveries in the early days by myself, I got that from, I got to build that community around the company, around the brand, who help brand to get pushed forward faster. So they would tell me, hey, you guys really need to do more wheelchairs and mobility scooters because you know, our our customers are struggling. They're stranded in hotel rooms because they cannot get around. And uh, they were giving me other ideas about, you know, what people are asking. And they are the ones who are at the forefront of serving customers, so they knew what exactly is needed to uh, be on the platform. So, working with the hotels, doing deliveries, learning about nitty-gritty, you know, operational details of the company, it really helped us, you know, kind of automate every layer of the business to a level that nobody else can operate in, uh, to that level of efficiency. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's been an amazing product discovery journey through this whole thing.
0: <laughs> well, Gina, Gina and I have been waiting on bated breath. So, Gina, you go ahead. If only this I could get unmuted. There she is. I would say, yeah, she's got to get unmuted there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bloom Street. Go ahead.
1: Like Andrea said, I spent 10 years in a hospital or wheelchair. 23 years ago, I was in a car accident and have been permanently disabled oh, wow. ever since. And travel is so difficult for me, especially now that I'm single. I was married for 26 years. And when I was married, I had my husband who could push me in a wheelchair, who could help me carry the stuff I needed if I was going somewhere. But now that I'm single again, I can't walk without a walker. But usually, if I want to go someplace that, you know, has a little bit more walking, even a festival a fair, a store, whatever, I need a scooter. So I don't get to travel because I can't bring both my walker and my scooter by myself. It's just too hard. You have no idea how different my life can be now that I know you exist. I mean, literally, you are changing lives. That is so awesome. And for our listeners, I want to help dissect the story you just shared, because the show is Leverage Masters, right? My clients call me Leveragina. In so many examples that came from your story... You used leverage to help
0: create
1: what you've created. The idea of offering to buy people a cup of coffee, a pizza, whatever, to get the feedback that really led you to this business opportunity. For those who have heard me teach, I often talk about the best way to get into a new business is to find something that exists already and add your own unique innovation to it. By talking to as many people as you did, that's exactly what you ended up creating. You took this idea of renting items and added your own unique innovation to it. And especially when you were able to narrow it down to people who were traveling Holy cow, the leverage that came out of that. For those who are listening, who are maybe looking for a new business, any other advice based on what your experience has been about how to get to that ideal business for them to start?
2: Uh, Sure. I mean, uh, you know, first thing is, you know, people people always have ideas, right? but very few yeah. people have the courage to put that into action, right? Because I think majority of us, uh, you know, I've been guilty of that uh, once upon a time as well, but not anymore. But majority of us, we we, we fear because fear of unknown, right? We don't know what's, what's in, on the other side because we can't really see it. So uh, I think putting that idea to execution is the first good step right now when you say when i say execution you need to just like you know i have how i discovered the project talking to you know the product talking to people getting ideas from people and leverage the people around you right talk to people because people will help you kind of fine-tune your idea into more of a more of a product that the market will take so uh, talking to people especially talking to the trust network and also going beyond the trust network and putting yourself out there uh, to, to strangers to get their ideas and validating your ideas is the first step. And then, you know, not fearing uh, and jumping in, trying it, giving it a fair shot and not running away at the first uh, sign of failure is very important as well, because, you know, I can guarantee you that, you know, uh, the first. It's, it's going to be very, very rare that you will have success in the first try. I, I, I at least haven't heard that kind of a story uh, through the entrepreneurs that I associate with, right? It's, it's a lot of hardship that you need to go through to achieve success. So don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid at the failure because failure is the stepping stone to success. That's my advice.
1: That is fantastic advice, and I agree. So many of the successful entrepreneurs I know, there were failures on the road to success. It's just part of the journey, and I really believe that a big reason that that happened is because you haven't had enough feedback when you go and put yourself out there for the first time. Like you did, you started with the idea that you wanted your garden, so you wanted a wheelbarrow, and you had your own input and your own feedback, but not as much feedback as you had when you came back the second time around or the third time around, really. And that feedback is essential. So the other piece of advice I want to add is don't be so emotionally attached to the initial idea that you fail to heed the advice you get in the feedback. Because that's a big mistake I see entrepreneurs make all the time. They're so emotionally attached to their idea, even when they get the feedback, they don't even hear it. They just kind of keep going like a bull in a china shop, trying to push their idea forward, and it it doesn't work. Do you see that happen as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, You know, I learned that lesson in my
2: my first try because I wanted to build this general platform. People kept telling me that, hey, you need to focus, you need to pick something and grow out from there. you trying to do everything, it's not gonna help you. But I kind of ignored that, you know, because I wanted to build this amazing global general everything to everyone uh, rental platform. But having gone through that failure first time, now, you know, I make sure that I listen to people and I make sure that you know I get uh, the the network involved in, uh, in 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 my journey. The
1: so the other example that that leads me to explain a little bit is: notice when you try and go out and be something to everybody, it almost always fails. It's in narrowing down and being everything to someone which is completely the opposite thing, right? You have a very narrow audience, but you're really serving a big problem with the solution. Boy, that almost always helps you succeed in much bigger ways, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, Andrea, I'll let you jump back in for a few minutes.
0: Sure. I want you to share, Poon when you told me the story of when you delivered uh, the wheelchair, and um, um, and then um, and and we're short on time. We've only got eight minutes. Well, I don't even know if we have eight minutes left. So give me the short version of the wheelchair that you delivered, and then I want you to tell me the story of hiring the man uh, who only has one hand, because um, uh, both of those just hit my heart and just tell me so much more about you. So please share.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, at the during the early days, this is the moment, actually, I, I still today get goosebumps when I picture this moment. It really gave the meaning to what I do in the world today. Uh, I delivered a wheelchair to Hilton in downtown San Francisco. I think it was June, sometime in June 2016. And uh, the person who came to the lobby to meet me to pick up the wheelchair, the moment he saw the wheelchair, this is a gentleman in his mid-30s, I think, and uh, the moment he saw the wheelchair, he started getting emotional about it. I I saw tears coming out of his eyes, so I said, sir, what's your story? Uh, Why do you need the wheelchair for? And uh, he said, you know, I have a daughter who's dying out of terminal cancer, and she has less than three months to live, and we are, as a family, doing the final family trip with her to her favorite cities, and uh, he said, you know, I got tears because Seeing this wheelchair, I got so much relief because she cannot, my daughter cannot walk anymore. And I am having to carry her everywhere and she's struggling when I'm having to carry. Now I can actually give her freedom to put her on this wheelchair and take her around and give her the, give her the best time in San Francisco. So, you know, here we are at the Hilton lobby and I, he was very emotional and hearing this story, I was getting really emotional and I was getting tears in my eyes. And then he said something that I uh, promised myself, uh, no matter what difficulties I go through life, I am going to make this work, that gave me the energy to, you know keep going through all kinds of difficulties. What he said was, "You know, I want you to promise me something." He said, "I want you to promise me that you will." take this service to every city in the world for dads like me, the dads who are struggling with their dying children with cancer, for dads like me and all the other people who are struggling, I want you to promise me that you will take this global. And uh, I said, sir, I will promise that I will do everything in my power to achieve that and take it global. I wouldn't give up. Uh, I will make sure I will do everything in my power to do it. So that was that moment, and uh, that is why we are still here. That is why, we are, you know, uh, we are still going and growing and, uh, you know, spreading as much as we can to help people like that. You know, even today we get messages from people, cancer patients saying, hey, even last week we got a message from somebody who went to Orlando saying, I uh, had my last trip with my wife who was dying in, uh, you know, uh, and thanks to your mobility scooter, it helped us enjoy our last trip. So we keep hearing this kind of stories over and over again. And also, you know, I am a big believer of giving everybody the opportunity. We believe our, you know, our internal company motto is we believe life experiences should not be limited by what you own, what your life situation, or where you are. So for that reason, even for my employees, I like to give the opportunity uh, to shine. And uh, when we launched New York, there was this one gentleman who came for a driver job. Uh, he doesn't have fingers. He doesn't have the, the hand in one side. He only has one hand, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, he talked to us about it, and, and he was honest about it, and we wanted to give him an opportunity. And he is, today he's my best driver. So uh, uh, giving people an opportunity is something that I believe in, whether it's opportunity to uh, uh, shine in the workplace or, you know, go out and enjoy life. And that is what we stand for at Cloud of Goods.
1: Well, you know, there's a huge lesson in what you just shared for our listeners to see. What a gigantic why for continuing to do everything in your power to make Cloud of Goods into what it can become. That is a beautiful story. And for each and every listener out there, if it's not for dads of kids who are dying with cancer... What is your why? The more you really have a why that touches your heart, the easier it will be when the times get tough. Right, Punshree? Absolutely. It
2: gives you the, that extra energy that needs to that you need to keep going.
1: I mean, for you, failure cannot be an option any longer. After that, dad, holy cow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely. Just blew me away.
2: This world needs this platform. I had to figure out a way to get it out to all kinds of people who are struggling. This, this is a must. It's, a, you know, in our review, somebody said uh, very recently, uh, 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 "This is Cloud of God. They said, "You know, you saved our <laughs> vacation." <laughs> so uh, <you> know, <laughs> we, we we absolutely had to get this around the world as fast as possible to help people like that.
1: Well, when oh. you go and look at Cloud of Goods. Go and look at some of the rentals, and at the bottom of the page, make sure you look at some of the reviews. The stories that I saw in the reviews, just checking a few different things that are things I could use in traveling. Oh, my gosh, and there's so many of them each and every day. It's not just people over the last 12 months. There's not enough room on one page for just the people in the last 24 hours. So clearly you really are making a huge impact in the world. And thank you so much for sticking with it and getting this out there. It is very valuable to those of us that need it.
0: So you thank guys you can very see much.
1: why, why I... Help.
0: Oh, yeah. You can see why I fell in love with Poon especially those of you who know me and know that I'm an executive director of the Keep Smiling movement. Poon delivers smiles with every rental so that people can continue to smile. And, um, you know, whether it's just for the moment or whether it's changing a lifetime because of an illness, I mean, it really makes an impact on people. So, Poon we really appreciate you and uh, what you've done with cloudofgoods.com.
2: Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, one of our slogans is
0: happiness is
2: now available for rent. So delivering smiles, yeah, we're <laughs> renting happiness right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Thank you. That. I did know that. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Penstri. It has certainly been our pleasure and our honor to have you with us today. And Andrea and I will be back next week, same time, same place